Hello everyone, this is Tim Dodd. Welcome to the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Thankful to give witness to tens of thousands, yes, and to the millions that believe it. And believes and I believe that God's gladly lived a packet until all around the world it's been circulated. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast today. This is the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast where we report on the works of God all over the world as relates to the end time word. Greetings, friends, and welcome once again to the Believer's Faith Challenge Report podcast. And you know how it works. We just keep rolling along, taking you into new reports of new areas. And uh, this podcast that's coming up, it's very interesting to me. It's a little bit of maybe a, a trip down memory lane. Brother Michael Ray has just come back from a missions trip to Uganda and sharing some of his first-hand experiences, the people he met, the meetings he was at, what the experience was like. And I remember when I was first there in Uganda, Brother Tim, with you in 2018. And at that time, the revival was, the awakening, we call it, was well underway, but it was focused around the southern regions of the country. And I remember one meeting we were at, and these four brothers were there, and they wanted to talk to me. And I was told, these brothers have come from the northern areas. And apparently they had traveled a long way, and they wanted to give me their names, and just to ask if we could somehow come up where they were and support them, because they'd heard of the awakening going on down in the south. And at that time, I didn't know that much about the country. I didn't know what the regions were, what was going on. But since that time, Brother Basabosi has reached out to some of those areas. And we've started some, as you'll hear about, some printing works and those kinds of things. So praise God, those brothers, those believers up in the north are getting attention. They have needed it. They've asked for it. And now it's coming to them. So Brother Michael Ray was able to travel up to some of those areas and give us some first-hand reports, and I think you're going to really enjoy this. God bless you, Brother Tim. Thank you for this interview with Brother Michael Ray. Thank you, Brother Mark, and God bless you to each and every listener. Glad to have you with us for this podcast. Uh, Brother Michael Ray, as Brother Mark already mentioned, uh, traveled up into the northern part of Uganda, amongst other places on his trip. And we are very thankful to have somebody that could get into that area. And you'll hear some different aspects in our conversation. We recorded this right after he preached his uh, service and gave a report of his trip. And so it was very fresh in his mind. And I'm sure that you'll enjoy it. God bless you as we turn it to the interview. We're glad to be here today with Brother Michael Ray, one of the ministers here at Cloverdale Bible Way. And uh, Brother Michael has just returned from a trip to Uganda, which was a multifaceted, multidirectional trip, which we'll talk about the different aspects of it. And there's lots to get into today, but just yesterday, Brother Michael gave a report, yesterday being February the 8th. We're recording this on February the 9th. And if you want to see the video report of the trip, it would be in our archives under the February the 8th service. So 
We've just heard that, and there's lots of details to get into, but firstly, welcome, Brother Michael. Thank you. It's good to, good to be here and good to be back. I bet. <laughs> I bet. How are you feeling? Good now. Yeah. Uh, it, took, it always takes about, I'd say, four or five days sure. to get your head around the it, time zone. It does. It's a long trip and a lot of time zone changes. I think it's 10 or 11 hours difference it now, is, and, yeah. and uh, so that's... That's a rude awakening to the body, but we're glad to have you home, and we're glad to hear the report of all the wonderful things that God's doing over there. Now, you were invited by Brother Basabosi, correct? And the the initial purpose of the trip was youth meetings in Kampala area, and I could see by the report last night that they were well received by the youth. Was it? It seemed to be kind of the first gathering since the COVID era. It was, and I, it was also a bit of a first for Brother Basabosi in that in the capacity, even I think the, having some young people's meetings like that. Uh, I didn't get to to say in, in the service yesterday, but there was, I believe it was 39 different uh, churches represented in that mm. meeting. And so that was, uh, it was just something new. And so uh, you could see them worshiping and just the entering into the service through the weekend I would have never actually could have told you there was that many different, I mean, you could have had one, one or two young people from one group, five young people from another, 10 from another, but it was definitely, you would never have felt that within the, within the services. And, and I actually had to take a, just kind of take that into account, even at the end of the meetings and just the worship that the young people were, were uh, in a, just a time of praise. You'd never have really thought it was, you know, that many different little groups. And so that in itself was something fairly um, fairly new or, or something that hadn't really happened before. Right. Now, just a bit of a background. How many young people? We were, it was 250, 260 okay. or so. That was kind of more on the registration. There was those that didn't register. They kind of came in and uh, hearing, you know, what maybe streaming the first service or two. Um and so it was, like I know with Brother Basabosi, they figured 300 was their max they could even handle. So, right, right. Um, now they, they would provide food and or accommodation. Now maybe just kind of share that with the people, especially that would listen to this podcast. Youth meetings or camp meetings or convention meetings over there are quite a bit different because the people come together. They don't rent hotel rooms. There's no. The accommodation is brutally um, Spartan, if we yep. could say it that way. Meals are very Spartan. What, one meal a day, two meals a day? Two, they did two, and there was even uh, even one of the testimonies in the uh, evening uh, service after the meetings. Uh, there was, seemed to be where it seemed, to, I wouldn't say seemed, but the Lord even multiplied because they were coming through the line and they just, you know, the, the young people, just, one of the sisters was testifying that there was just, she was looking at the line behind her and she was looking at the food there on the tables and saying, I don't, there's just not enough here. But everybody went through and everybody ate and it's just like it kind of kept coming is what she was, she was uh, testifying. And so it is it's very rudimentary, you could say, in the accommodations. They used a school building uh, that could uh, accommodate yeah. the, and so it's just very simple classroom accommodations and uh, if you wouldn't want to say accommodations, Right. And uh, food and, and and brother Basabosi, they were, you know, they were trying to keep the cost down, uh, even subsidize as best they can to just allow people to come. And even as I know many camps would do, you know, if don't let cost be a barrier. So there was some that just couldn't, 
and we're talking, you know, a few dollars at the end right. of the day that they're, right. you know, trying to pay. So, you know, those many sacrifices were made, and uh, but the Lord, he does, he's a debtor to no man. And it, from, judging from the video, it seemed the young people really entered in, mm. got a hold of God, yeah. and, and you had a wonderful time in the Indeed. presence of the Lord. Yeah. I think three minute, different ministers. It was, uh, there's a brother from Kenya, mm-hmm. brother uh, Isaac, and uh, myself kind of took the the main meetings. They had uh, then like a devotion, two devotions, uh, one on Saturday morning and Sunday morning. And, and uh, it's kind of a younger minister, or brother I suppose he gave an opportunity. So it's a little bit of a shorter service. It's kind of a morning devotion. And uh, and then brother Isaac took a couple services and I took a, a handful of services. So it was a packed, packed weekend. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That it always is in meetings over there. They'll stack them up two and three meetings a day oh, and, yes. and just go for it. And, you know, the, but just to highlight the, the sacrifice of the, even the young people to come together, this is not a luxury ticket by any means. And, uh, you know, they, they all came and they, they just took whatever food, whatever accommodation they could uh, muster up there. And I believe God blessed it. It was definitely unique, and it was a special time. I know, you know, some I, there was seemed to be a bit of a, not a trend, but uh, maybe a, a thought in a lot of the young people's where young people's meetings, you know, had a focus on maybe young people and relationships and you know things like that, and that came up a few times in conversations. But that wasn't that wasn't the focus of the meetings. The focus was it was just word, you know, and to, and and the that was a I think maybe something. Um, that everybody, you know, just appreciated and really then dug in, you know, mm-hmm. this is, we're here for, for one purpose and that's to, to receive from the Lord. And so we had a, it, we had a wonderful time that even that after service was a bit of a, of a, um, it was unique for even themselves. Right? Right. Everybody was kind of, okay, this is different. So okay. and it was, it, you know, that wasn't just, oh, this is normal. Right. That's, you know, that's why even other brothers were kind of with their own cameras saying, this is, this is a little bit out of the uh, ordinary, even for themselves. So. I know young people in Africa can be very quiet. They're taught to be very respectful and and in services. I've seen different young people's services. How did you find ministering to the young people there versus ministering to the young people here? My, I didn't. The response was was fantastic. I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't say that you know you were you know struggling for a response or if it was just you know taking it in and quiet. Not not at all. I mean, they were receiving and and pulling, uh, with with you know, without a doubt, and 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 that was so. They were just a joy, really a joy to be with. It was very free. I'd have to say that very free atmosphere to to speak to the people. Hey Amen. Well, that's wonderful, and you know, it's always good to see God do something, and we're glad the Lord used the meetings there. But uh, I don't think it got any lighter. I think. If you, if I remember right, you were up late Sunday night, and then Monday you began travel to the Karamoja region. Yes, indeed. Uh, it was the Sunday evening uh, testimony service started at closer to ten o'clock, uh, and mm-hmm. so and that just went. So we that went all the way into one in the morning or so. So it was. Uh, I mean, we just kept going, and so we had an early morning drive to Karamoja the following really that morning. Uh, Monday morning at five, and so we just we kept going, more or less. I, I, I so you went back to your room. You had a nap. And I then packed you my bag. <laughs> <laughs> I packed my bag, but Abosabosi went and packed his bags. He showered and changed, and really didn't have time to to because uh, he had to then come and get me. I had a little bit. I had about that hour and a half or so of time that I could actually pack, and I you know got a, a 
what you could say as a short rest, I guess, but, yeah. and then got up for the morning. But mm-hmm. I told Brother Busta Boise, he said, if you have more sleep than me, then you're preaching. So I've got two <laughs> hours. So if you go, if you exceed me somehow on the drive, then uh, <laughs> he says, no, that's your cross to carry. So, yeah. So did someone else drive besides you or Brother Bus? We did. We had one of the young people there, okay. Brother Isaac, who also helps in the, uh, the office there, the, the, message, right. the print office. So he went with us, which he was, uh, incredible help and just uh, he, he needed to be there so he drove quite a bit to help with that burden and, and give brother bus uh, some some freedom there yeah right of course i know brother isaac so he is a good helper he is now karamoja is known to be a rugged place a bit of a lawless place um maybe uh, lawless isn't necessarily the word as much as primitive and tribal mm-hmm. yeah. and uh you, I think, had some issues with that as far as timely ending to services and that sort of thing. It, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, we had to essentially adjust our time mm-hmm. and our service schedule, or even how long we're preaching, because in uh, some of the certain areas, a little more riskier than others, and so we had to be out of the region or or past a certain area uh, to kind of be in the safe zone. And so there was a lot of just a little conversation, just making sure we were maybe hitting our time marks, uh, you know, not a, not enough time to maybe have some refreshment, which, you know, you're being pressured by the, the, the brothers there that sure. want to just be hospitable. And, mm-hmm. but, you know, not maybe they live under that, you know, I'd say yeah, that conflict, did, you know, how do they deal with that? It's even brother Busabosi asked in one of the services, he said, you know, how many here have been, have been raided? Oh, many hands went up. Mm. And uh, so it's it's just part of their everyday life where they're, you know, we'd say cattle rustling. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they're warriors. They'll so raid. it's like oh, the old style inter- intertribal warfare, pillage and plunder, get what you can yep. type it's, of thing. It's, it's, all, it's all cattle or goats. So it's, okay. it's all focused on the herds. And okay. so they're not necessarily plundering goods. It's all it's all to do with the animals. I see. And so there's there's cattle there and there's goats there. I mean, that's everywhere. When Brother Michael came to me uh, and we talked about this trip and he just asked my limited input uh, and he said it, that they were going to go up to Karamoja immediately, I was like, please go because <laughs> I knew this is not going to be an easy trip. And all I could say, Brother Michael, is better you than me. <laughs> and uh, you're on rugged roads and amongst rugged people and there are... Uh, other aspects that you need to be concerned about, but you. So your ten hours. How was the trip? Uh, and what was your first impressions of getting up into that remote area? Yes, it was indeed a, a long, a long ways up. Even for Brother Basabosi, he said, even for the for the Ugandan people, the Karamoja region is is remote. And and even telling, asking the young people, you know, who's you know, been to the Karamoja area. I mean, I didn't even barely see a hand. I can't even say mm-hmm. I saw two or sure. three. Sure. And so it's, it is an area that even, you know, those that are in Kampala or in the, you know, areas, Jinja, et cetera, you know, they don't go there either. And so even the pastors up in Karamoja just said, you know, even to have visitors from the South was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so it is that, it is indeed that remote. Uh, when Brother Bas Sabozi had, you know, said, I'd like to go to this area, I didn't really think, I just knew that we had just started translating in right. the language. I thought, well, that's wonderful. You know, we'd get a, an opportunity to be see the, you know, the the front lines of that per se, not really knowing quite the uh, what we were getting into. So I went in a little blind, but 
That's okay. <laughs> well, I'll have to confess I kind of knew and I kind of kept <laughs> <held> quiet. Back. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to discourage you from going. Not at all. And uh, I'm sure glad you went. And I, I, I believe the, the trip was beneficial on many levels. And uh, just Brother Michael alluded to it. We just began translation last year in the Karamajong language from that region. And uh, so I'll give you a bit of a background. The the message went into that region in the early 80s, and there was a shepherd, a herding boy, a cattle herder that had left the region as a cattle, young cattle herder in his teens, I think, gone to another region and had got saved and received the message. Mm. His name was John Mark. Right. And he ended up receiving the message and said, I must take this to my people. So he went back to the Karamoja region and introduced the message in that area, and it began to flourish. Now, having said that, uh, Brother John Mark had a an interesting perspective on things in that he did not believe they needed message books in their language for whatever reason. I don't know. I've never spoken to him. He's passed away a few years ago. And so, after he passed away, there was a number of brothers that were that became very burdened to get the message into their language. Mm -hmm. And two years ago, when I was in uh, in uh, Uganda, just after it opened up again for from COVID, uh, I had a meeting with the translators of the Luganda language and the Ateso language there in the Kampala area, and the brothers from. Karamoja heard somehow that I was coming and they wanted to come and present their burden to mm -hmm. us. And so they came down and I met with them after I met with the other brothers. And they just explained the situation that I just explained and said, we need the message in our language. Of course, it broke my heart to hear the story and how that they did not have any messages in their language. And so I, I brought that burden home and brothers stepped forward and and have been uh, sponsoring the translation work into the Karamoja, Karamajong language for the Karamoja region. And uh, they have quite a number of translations complete. And we have been printing 2,500 Karamajong books every month and sending them into that region where there is estimated roughly about 7,000 believers. So from there, I haven't been there. Right. Okay, so now when you had the opportunity to go. This was, to me, a, a great, uh, to me, it was the Lord. Mm. And it was a great thing. And so uh, I thought this is our opportunity to get into the region and to see the need and talk to the people and all of that. So how many meetings did you have in the Karamoja region? We arrived, uh, we had three days scheduled there uh, in three different areas. Uh, so we uh, hubbed from Roto. And then we went up to Katito the first, uh, the, sec the second day we were there. Then we went to uh, Matang the, the second day, or I should say the third day we were there. And the fourth day we were there, we went up into uh, Alonguero, okay. if I'm saying that right. So we had three different days, two services a day. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I mean, to, to be able to go into really such a raw area, very remote, but to drive into, you know, a little area or a little compound. Uh, the first area up in Katito, they used the school, kind of the only school building there. And um, and just, you know, it's like you feel like you're going to the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And then in the middle of nowhere, there's this you know, whole group of, of you know people, you know, five, 600 believers 
that where they came from, I I couldn't say. I mean, you're just driving right. through the the back country, and you I don't you know the little village and little manyatas, little and outcropping mud. houses here yeah, and there. I yeah, I mean, just we're talking yeah. the mud huts, you no. know. So where you know they just come from the east and west, and uh, and then gather together and and with all the passion and and uh, and zeal and, mm -hmm. and you know is. I mean, you can't leave those moments and be the same. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's incredible. I, I loved every moment. Yeah. Even seeing the people worship in that in up in that area and and their zeal towards the Lord is wonderful. Now, um, they've been receiving the books. What was, in your view, the impact or their their testimony of receiving these books? Now, the. I think we're just starting to see the trickle in of the books getting into the hands of the people. I think I looked last night, there was 42 translations on in their language now for this last year. And so now the, you can just from the reports of the, of the pastors, it's getting into the hands. And uh, as one of the testimonies last night, you, now you've got a, a little barrier of this is some of the first reading material that some even have. Right. They don't have, you know, a lot educational material. And so they're some supernaturally learning how to read as one of the testimonies one of the pastors gave uh, some you know god is just opening that as a as a bit of an avenue and so you can see that this the impact is now hitting the people as the books start getting into their hands mm -hmm. and uh, so i think uh even and then preaching preaching to them and you know you're just going through different accounts of scripture and you know you're mentioning maybe a certain um, message or a quote or something but Abraham is even, you know, Sister Hattie Wright or something from the message that we would think very, you know, common, common knowledge, yeah, you would yeah. say. Um, and, you know, they haven't, they've never heard that in their life, you know, unless maybe one of the preachers have, have preached it somehow and they heard that. And so you're adjusting, your whole mind is shifting mid-preaching mid uh, to realizing that you're you're having to just dig down into some of the, and just slow down a little bit even right. to uh, just to preach very different. So it was a different, it was different for me, but you could see, uh, you know, there's such a void there, mm -hmm. but yet such a desire there. Mm. Uh, one of the pastors, I think one of the comments that just stood out to me and it was on one of the videos is when he just said, you know, more than food, more than providing, you know, support in, you know, in materials, he said, we need this, this message. That's, that's what we desire more. You know, we don't need your money. We don't need to buy us food. And I thought, my goodness, here I am in probably the poorest location that I've mm -hmm. been in mm -hmm. and where food and materials of, of, you know, and, and money would be of, of, mm -hmm. of great value. But here a pastor is saying, you know, we, we need the message. Right. Please continue to get us the message. And I said that to me that, you know, I don't take those comments lightly. Those hit home. No, these are. You know, and it's important for the people to understand that we, though there's 42 translations now, those are the ones that are complete. There's probably another 50 semi-complete mm. that are not yet hit the message right. hub. So there's there's quite an accomplishment of translation. Having said that, we can only print one per month. Right. And, and that's good food for the people. Yes. You know, we want to get the translations done, but we want to get the books into their hands. And obviously that brings us to the next step, especially for that region, which is audio translation. Yes. And so I know that's a work in progress. Maybe we'll, you know, we'll circle around back to audio translation as far as Uyand is concerned, because I know you dealt with that a mm -hmm. little bit. But you ran into a lack of Bibles. Yes. 
Tell us about Bibles in Karamoja. My goodness. You know, I, I, every single service in Karamoja, um, I, I ran into, I, I started to preach on a certain account in scripture. I can't remember exactly which one it was first. It was Pool of Bethesda. That was the first one. And I, and I just said, you know, everybody, you know, knows the Pool of Bethesda. And as the angel stirred the waters and, you know, you're not getting any, you know, response. And so now I, now I know you're a fast preacher and you can get talking fast sometimes. So, so we had to this must have down. been a, an experience for you. It was well, anything with translation is an experience for me. I'm still learning quite, quite a lot to go. Um, and so you just, you know, you asked, so the brother asked everybody, you know, and, and not really a response. And so you just kind of, is it being translated? Are we saying the right thing? And so we asked, belabored the point. No, no, uh, you know, that's not ringing anybody's memory. So, you know, you just go into, and so after that, I made it a point to ask, are we, you know, do we know this story or do we know this account of scripture? And realizing, and then having with the pastors there on one of the uh, meetings, you know, Bibles are just non-existent. And, you know, it's just something that you, we, we take for granted. You sure. just want to say it, yeah. it is what it is. You, yeah. you carry your Bible. You don't really think for, for a moment that someone doesn't have access to a Bible. My goodness, How many Bibles have, do you have? Well, I have quite a few in my home. I have quite a few also, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, you know, you'd go to hotels. I mean, you can travel around the world. There's always a Bible in the, you know, the nightstand, but here, not, not the case at all. So they they don't have an idea of what, you know, in many cases, what maybe you're talking about. I say, wow, that's, I mean, that's really getting down to the, the real rubber hitting the road. Mm -hmm. And so when you have a pastor hold up a Bible and it's tattered and it's, you know, does, doesn't have a cover or nothing, pages are ripped. And you say, can we, can we somehow get this supported to get Bibles here? Yeah. I don't, I don't know how any believer could look at that and say, we'll figure a way. No, you know, exactly. We way. We've done it in the Luganda language because with the awakening, we have we ran into the shortage of Bibles. Right. People, I was amazed. Even people in denominations had no Bibles, mm -hmm. and I'm wondering what exactly the churches are providing to right. their people over there. Nevertheless, we we found a translation and we laid it. We did our own layout, and we we've printed now thirty thousand Bibles in Luganda and, and brought them into the Luganda people. And so you know, it's it'll have to be the similar process for the uh, Karamoja people. Yeah in that they need they need to get bibles i mean the, this message is the bible made alive yeah. and so it, it's not independent of the bible not so all. i think a bible will have to go through that process and i'll just say it here on the podcast for the people is we don't know yet what the answer is but this is something that we'll have to look into in yeah. the days and weeks ahead absolutely amen now you, how many ministers? You, I see you've got some recordings of ministers, and I'll maybe um, lasso those from you at yep. some point in Absolutely. the future and, and see if we can load them up to the podcast Absolutely. for the people to be able to hear them directly. Yep. How many ministers did you talk to? Uh, there was in, in the one area there, we were in Matang, and that's where we were able to, a lot of the most, I think, if not all the translators that are translating uh, the message right now were there, as well as probably I'd say maybe 15 to 20 pastors that could come to that local area at that one point. And it was, I said, it was very good to have the translators there because they were able to also hear some feedback from the pastors uh, just in, sure. in yeah. just some, you know, some of the translations and they had some, you know, maybe 
if there's a little, you know, translation fix that needs to be done and it was important for the pastors to, to hear, well, if you have a, if there's something that needs to be changed, let us know right away because it's an easy fix on the message hub. Right. And we can make that adjustment and the next print that is done, it's fixed. Exactly. So it was, a, it was a good opportunity for, for them to hear a little bit of the process. You know, this is an easy thing to, to, mm-hmm. to you know, make, the, make sure the translation is, is perfect. Let me just interject here for the people is that, you know, in the old days, you would get a translation, you would send it to a printer, they would lay it out, and then that layout become written in stone. Yeah. They would print a thousand, five thousand, whatever, however many copies of that particular book, and they would not reprint that book for a long time, yeah. if ever. And so now with the Message Hub, the translator uploads it to the Message Hub, it goes into a translator's site that it, that the translator has access to, and it's it becomes published. And when I say published, that means it becomes available on the Message Hub publicly. And then if an error is found, they can immediately go into the translator site, the translator can, and change the book and immediately republish it again. So the revised version becomes immediately available on the Message Hub. And those books are printable in any quantity so that if they need 100 books in that language, or 50 books, or 1,000 books, they can be printed tomorrow. And that's the great thing about the Message Hub. Incredibly great, because, and just conveying that to the pastors, there was some time spent doing that, because even in when you're preaching a service, you know, someone is saying, you know, uh, they're translating, then, you know, another brother says, you know, says, corrects, you know, corrects it, you yeah, know, so yeah. they're, they're not always getting it exactly right, or trying to make sure they convey it exactly right. So to be able to to make sure that the the translation is just exactly what Brother Branham is speaking, is is so vital, and to be able to change that immediately, um, you know, you can't really underestimate that, you know, the impact of that. And the listener can refer back to the two podcasts previous to this one with Brother Anton Lachkovich, where we go into depth mm-hmm. on translation work, and okay. you can see That's the right. labor that goes into it and the amount of high intensity mental process that there is to translating somebody, whether it be translating a message or interpreting on the fly for a preacher, which is tremendously mentally exhausting. I I can't even imagine. Amen. Anything else you want to say about Karamojan? I'd I'd, I'd go back right at at any time. Um, and, And I know they just, I, over and over, they express such a thank you for, for coming. You know, they just don't, they just don't get a lot of, you know, outside, um, visitors. Understandably. Yeah. So I was just, they were just so appreciative that someone would come and and visit them and, and see them. And it was just to encourage them and say, you know, you're, you might feel like you're just way out here and and all alone, but you know, there's, there's a a bride around the world that's say, you know, I found that in all the remote areas I've traveled in Uganda is just to let, just to have the people feel that they're not alone, they're not isolated, yeah. that this is a worldwide message. Yeah. Someone traveling from Canada, United States, whatever, just going into that area, and they see for themselves this is a worldwide message. Yes. It's not, not, they don't just hear it now, they see. They see it, yes. And uh, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, I had an experience with Brother Stephen. Uh, we were, he was picking me up at the airport and we were driving to uh, it was one of the last uh, times that I took a drive up into the uh, Jinja area 
directly from the airport because the flights always arrive around midnight. That's right. And so we usually now get just grab a hotel near the airport and get picked up in the morning. But uh, in those days, I was getting a ride with Brother Stephen. He had picked me up at the airport and we're going up to the Jinja area. And we were passed by a convoy, which turned out to be a presidential convoy. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of vehicles going by, police, soldiers, that sort of thing. And, and uh, he got pulled over because he didn't pull over. Okay. And they actually took him into the police station and were going to fine him mm. for not yielding to the presidential convoy, which it was like three in the morning. It was, it was brutal. And so I'm sitting in the parking lot of the police station in the vehicle in the middle of Africa, and he's in the inside the station. And I'm thinking, what if he doesn't come out? What am I going to I'm do? I'm a bit of a peggle here. <laughs> but the but actually, the one of the police officers, a woman police officer, she she asked him. She says, "Aren't you a pastor in the Jinja area?" He goes, "Yes." She says, "Don't you live in such and such a place?" She goes, "He goes, yes." She says to the officer that's handling his case, she says, don't find this man. He's a good man. Mm, so the believers are known. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it is, it's incredible that way. And, and I, 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 I was, you know, you just impacted when you say, you know what, their, their lives and their, what their, their testimony, it is. They're known in that area. Um, let's go on. You went from there back to Kampala and get ready for meetings in Sita. Uh, Sita Eagles Fellowship, Brother Fred Chienji, and I think some of the believers from the Nansana meetings came over. Now that's, um, it's always interesting meeting with Brother Fred because I think Brother Fred has had the greatest outreach in the country in this awakening as an individual minister. There's been many things happening, but Brother Fred can take you places that will they will gather thousands of new believers. So for you to come, and I think there was about 700 at the meeting, and uh, one or two services. We, we did one service One service, there, yeah. And then, uh, but that's only because they didn't advertise your coming. I mean, they invited one at the Nansana Church, and of course, which is from the other side of Kampala. And then uh, I saw the pictures of it and some of the video, and Brother Fred sent me some. And so uh, I thought, well, you know, I appreciate them holding back a little bit just because of the expense. They don't have the money. So if they in if you allow them to invite 3000 people, they'll have 3000 people there. Mm. And you'll be paying for them, you know. And then if you say you can have 5000, they'll have 5000. There there seems to be no limit after this awakening of gathering people for a meeting. So That's incredible. Your thoughts on it? We did. We had we had the one service there and we just probably just ran out of, of, of time a little bit the, the way the afternoon went. And so we were able just to, we put everything into the one service we had. And uh, even as I arrived, which we got there late due to some circumstances, the people were still coming in from Nansana uh, just to, to get to service. So if we had even started on time, they would have came at the end of service almost. Right. And, and so, I mean, Lord had it for a purpose that way, but always, uh, uh, Brother Fred is always a joy to be with. He just has that personality oh, and yeah. demeanor, you know, that you just uh, love to be around. And so we were able to spend some time with him and even the family in the evening and and uh, just share our burdens. And and uh, we met with a number of pastors. I'd say there was probably 30 or so um, mm -hmm. pastors from around the area that came in. Uh, some had just been um, 
uh, came uh, out of uh, some Pentecostal pastors that had just come into the message and uh, and so we just had a short little time just to, just to more encourage each other not uh, a lot of uh, brother Fred said you know maybe some questions I said I'm not really the questions and answers guy <laughs> so uh, we just we just spent some time and encouraged them uh, they just they expressed their thanks giving for the support and the, the churches that uh, you know have been built through the through these last few years and and so it was just nice they they kind of had one brother that spoke on behalf of everybody and just expressed their their gratitude to the believers and the support that that, uh, that has been given to Uganda and so it was just a nice time it wasn't really you know the questions and answers that brother Fred had thought um, so but it was it was nice just to hear that feedback from them sure yeah no that's wonderful and they appreciate it too I mean they again you know they appreciate the outside support but the outside connection mm. as well and I've always enjoyed being with the ministers there that brother Fred brings together it's always a wonderful time. And, uh, you know, just to take a, a step back, I don't think I mentioned already, but I should go back to Karamoja and say that we finished, we have finished the church age book. I don't think I mentioned it no. in, in a timely fashion, but let me go back to Karamoja just for a moment. So in Karamoja, we have just finished the church age book as far as it has been interpreted, but it's gone through a final editing process and we have now generated a complete church age book, which we have sent to the brothers there. And uh, they now are looking at it to make sure everything's okay before we print probably 5,000 copies of this church age book. And uh, I think you maybe had some requests for a church Absolutely. age book. Absolutely. Every, every uh, in Matang, when we were there and we were meeting with the translators and the pastors there, every single one, uh, you know, if they had, uh, they asked, you know, the church age book, that's, it was always number one uh, asked because it just has so, it's just such a foundational, um, you know, a book that uh, in the message to, you know, so they, if they can have that, it covers so much. Right. And so every single one, so this is, you know, we really need this. And Brother Basabosi was trying to kind of get in there. Well, it, it's, it's, we finished it or it, it's coming. And, and uh, so it was a perfect timing. So I know that it's going to be, you know, that's, it's just going to be a, uh, something they've been really craving for. Amen. So to be able to drop that on their, on their laps will be a big deal. Well, we actually have, besides Kar Karamajong, we actually have about five languages now that we have church age books ready. Wow. This has been a major, uh, seems to be coming all at once. Uh, uh, we've got the Kurundi language just being wrapped up. We've got the Atesso church age book. We've got the Runyakatara church age book. Um, we'll need to reprint the Luganda church age book. Uh, so there are, there are a number of languages that we have now, just for our listeners sake, sometimes people ask, well, what, what does it take? You know, these, some of these places will need 5,000 copies. Some will need 10,000 copies and it costs roughly $2 a church age book to print ship, pay through it, it through customs and get it into the country. Right. Okay, so that's roughly the scenario. We we have uh, a sponsor for the Runyakatara language, and so that is ready to go ahead. But we want to do them all at once. So, And then I'll just add, for as far as the Bibles are concerned, sometimes people wonder about the Bibles. Why don't we print Bibles? But the cost of Bibles to get a decent Bible, it's not leather-bound, but to get a decent cover and uh, good paper, 
you're talking about $6 per Bible to print and ship and land it in the country right. and all of that. So so people can pray with us. If people have a burden to do that, we can certainly, uh, we are certainly in the midst of organizing these things and getting them into the people's hands. So please, everybody, pray with us that God will make a way for all of these things to hit the hands of people. You heard the burden now of Karamoja and how they really want the church age book and we're determined to get it to yes, them. Sir. Yes, sir. So in your time with the Chienjis, uh, did you talk about audio translation? Because uh, what happens for the listener is that we do all these print translation with an objective to move into audio translation, take the printed text and use it for, we call it a gap method audio translation. It's not important as far as the method is concerned, but to be able to that's what enabled us to put the message on the radio in Uganda, but also enabled us to put out the MP3s and the MP3 players for the different people. And I think in Karamoja, as well as other languages, they're working on Rania Katara, they're working on Luganda, but Karamoja is important because there's a large level of illiteracy. Yep. And I think you saw that, Brother Michael. Very much, yeah. And uh, where is the audio translation at right now? I think we, I don't know if we not necessarily underestimate, but I know we, there's a lot of focus that goes into printed, you know, printed books, printed books. And when you start getting into these areas, especially the very remote areas, you find, yes, there is indeed a, a higher rate of illiteracy. So printed books don't do anything in, in, a, in mm -hmm. a sense, short of the Lord is supernaturally helping them to read, which has happened. Right. Or, so, or somebody reading the book to them. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, we've just had the option in English, we could listen to the tape or we could read a book and we don't really think about one or the other because we have both at our at our disposal. And it was originally an audio in English. It's, it was, it's not books first, then audio. Right. Here it was audio first. That's exactly books. right. So, you know, so there's a, you know, over the years, very much printing has been a huge endeavor. And I, I, I don't think we can not necessarily belittle, but there is a, there is a great need for the audio side as well as you get into these remote areas. And so, uh, indeed, we were with uh, the Chinji uh, brothers that have been helping Brother Fred's boys and uh, just fine-tuning, you know, a model that we can replicate. And I think that's something we've been working on. You've been working on, Brother Tim, indeed, to try and find, you know, the tools that we can kind of clone throughout, uh, you know, wherever that there's a burden for and someone picks up the torch to, to do their language in an audio translation fashion. So we, we did fine-tune that. Um, with some of the tools just to try and come into some constraints, uh, some of the technical constraints with compression and, and kind of creating the right file and such. And so, um, you know, I think we've we've got there. You've made uh, progress. We've made some progress there. Okay. Uh, so I just was talking to uh, Brother Moses and, and uh, Brother Freddie and just said, okay, you know, they have they had some translations kind of in, um, kind of backlogged and, and done, but the output process was hindering uh, them and so we worked through that and so we should be seeing some of the audio translations uh, hit the uh, hit the websites uh, quite soon and uh, so I, I I for myself just being in these areas I, I agree that we really do there is a need uh, really a need for the audio side and you know it's just basically a multi-pronged approach print is needed but audio is needed too absolutely yeah, yeah. we're we've seen that you know I've mentioned it before but uh, a great model 
has been the Rwanda, country of Rwanda, in that they started doing translations, then they've moved to audio, and they've put together MP3s, and now they've got MP3s into the country, and it's had a great impact upon the churches and the ministry there. And as we've said many, many times, our object is to clothe the bride with the word, whatever that takes. And our object is not books or tapes or uh, some kind of works program, translation, whatever it might be. Our object is that the bride would be clothed with this end time message, which is her wedding garment. Yep, absolutely. And uh, so it's uh, hopefully uh, that has uh, helped the people to understand a little bit more about Uganda. And we so appreciate you taking the time, Brother Michael, to share with us uh, your experience there. And uh and what you saw and what kind of a burden it created. So thank you very much for being with us. It's my honor, my honor and privilege. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Well, that certainly was a very outstanding report, very informative. And uh, Brother Michael just, I feel like he's brought us in to understand some of these, um, what it's like to be there in some of these areas. And people need the word. They need it. Everywhere you go in the world, and I was just thinking, you know, while he was in these primitive areas in Uganda, I was in the Southern Hemisphere also in Chile, and such a difference in the situation. Those people are fairly well off. They have technology. (laughs) They have plenty of food, but still the young people there are hungry for the word, and that's one thing that is common across all people who are called to be part of the kingdom of God, that they are hungry for the word. So I'm really happy to see that these people are getting what they need. The translation is underway. I'm overjoyed that the Church Ages book is is almost ready to go out there in the in the Karamoja, Karamoja language. And uh, the Bibles, of course, I came back with that great burden because I saw a similar thing. You ask people to stand and turn in their Bibles and no one moves. And it just hits you like a brick wall. These people don't have Bibles. So we're so thankful that those things are are starting to happen for the people in northern Uganda and other places. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Brother Mark. It is a sad thing to see people without the resources that we have so easily given. come to access over here in North America, but in many places of the world as well. Just simply Bibles is hard to believe that in some places of the world that Bibles are still hard to get. But nevertheless, uh, we're very thankful that the Lord has made a provision for them. And we're very thankful for this opportunity for Brother Michael to be there, to minister to them and to see the impact that it had on them and on Brother Michael. Brother Michael's a very um, gifted young man, and we appreciate him. And uh, so glad to see the impact it had on his ministry. Sometimes when you're ministering in a certain field, you get used to ministering to those people based on their response to the word. And I could see that uh, the Lord used Brother Michael to uh, gear him down, you might say, to uh, be able to minister to a people that are very simple in their understanding and teaching of the gospel 
and to lay out some things that because of their lack of resources, uh, lack of uh, books, Bibles, all of that sort of thing, have a great need to hear the truths that have been revealed in our day to be explained to them. And, you know, truly the scripture says, one plants, another waters, but God gives the increase. And all the glory belongs to him. You know, it's not, Paul says, we are carnal when we say, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas. And, you know, so we, we don't have that attitude. We have one message that God has sent us to open the eyes of the bride and to clothe her in the word that will be her wedding garment. And so we all labor in our way, in our capacity. And once again, thankful for Brother Michael being able to be in the Uganda country, uh, the countryside, northern Uganda, as well as some of the other areas, and to minister to the bride of Jesus Christ in that way. I believe that the fruits of it will be known eternally, and it was beneficial. Everything that we do for the kingdom of God, the Lord sees and the Lord uses it for his glory. So thank you everyone for listening. I trust that it has been a blessing to you and has encouraged you in your spiritual walk and in some way will encourage you to uh, reach out a little bit, be a witness, be a testimony of what God is doing in these last days. So God bless you and thank you for listening. Until next time, Shalom. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Remember friends, the bridegroom will not come until the bride has made herself ready. She must be both called and fully dressed by the word of God. This is the Believer's Faith Challenge Report podcast. You can sign up for our email newsletter at bibleway.org. Scroll to the bottom of the page where it says newsletter. Fill in your name and email address and click sign up. In this email report, you will receive reports of the works of God in China, in Africa, in South America, in India, Europe, all over the world. We also publish a full-color paper newsletter two times a year, complete with photographs, reports, and testimonies from all over the world. The newsletter is free. Just request it, and we would be happy to mail a copy to you. You can contact us by email at info at bible-believers.org. That's info at bible-believers.org. Or you can write to us at Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington, 98231. That's Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington, 98231. This is Mark Aho. Thank you for being with us today. And be sure to join us for the next Believer's Faith Challenge Report podcast. <laughs>